0: Hadash ba'achav on the ten makos, giving us he is giving us layer upon layer and level of le- upon level of meaning, understanding, and depth and, and significance in the not just the ten makos, but the focus again has been rebuyhud's arrangement of the ten makos into the three groups of three. We need more chairs for for more yes. Okay. Um Now before we go on, being that this is technically speaking part four, I see according to the recordings this morning is part four. Um, just to clarify, in case this was a question on anyone's minds over here, we have been going through the Maharal on the Ten Makkas, on Rabbi Huda Oimer, um, the Rabbi Huda, uh, which is the Savior for the Hagod, and we're going through the Maharal's commentary on that. But again, just to set the record straight, Rabbi Isai, everyone can rest assured we are not learning a forgery. We are not learning uh, words and thoughts that are coming from a, a, a um, imposter who is purporting to be the Maharal. Now, why do I say that? Because it is known, the, the knowledge is out there, that there is a work known as the Maharal on the Haggadah, the commentary of the Maharal on the Haggadah Shul pesach which is a forgery. It is a forgery that's known that the Maharal did not write the commentary known as the Maharal on the Haggod pesach And in the standard, you know, sets of, of Sifrei Maharal that they sometimes look like this and they sometimes look like this. Like a, I don't know, a 12 or a 15 volume set, you know. They, the, the before Mechon Yisraelim started redoing all of them, but the, the old time said, you know, the, the, the Shoal has one of these people. You find these in people's houses. This is um, this is the one that I have. But they they, re, you know, re, they used to redo it every few years, redo the cover and everything. So one of the volumes is the is the for the commentary of the Ma'aral, and it's well known that the Ma'aral didn't write that. It was written by yid in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, who passed it off as the Ma'aral. It was written in the style of the Ma'aral, but he passed it off as the Ma'aral's commentary. He wasn't trying to, you know, it wasn't a Presented a, a, a to the market as a commentary inspired by the Maharal or in the pathways of the Ma'aral, presented as the Ma'aral's commentary, on the Agados Pesach Ma'aral never wrote a commentary on the of Pesach, so that's known to be a, a, um, a forgery. I mean, there's, there's forgery in, in terms of, uh, in, in the sense that it, it was not the Ma'aral that wrote it, but it's the Torah, is, You know, it was written by uh, someone erudite, someone learned it. Um, th- th- there's there's for some reason the Shal Pesach is a popular work to write. Unauthentic um, uh, uh, commentaries on the Malbim. The Malbim on the Haggadah Shopazach is also not from the Malbim. Something called the Malbim's Haggadah is not the Malbim either. The Maharal's Haggadah Shal-Pesach is not the Maharal. But we are learning Torah of the Maharal. The Maharal did write a sefer called Gevuris Hashem. Okay, this is from the Maharal. This is the real deal. It's very long, it's 72 prakim, and he goes through. Not just the Haggadah, the Haggadah gets tucked away inside here also, but he goes through um, the entirety of Sheba Mitzrayim, Yitzias Mitzrayim, Ge'ulas Mitzrayim, that's what this work is about. He goes through the Pesokim in Shamoys, and Bo'y, Beshalach. He goes through what happened on the night of Yetzias Mitzrayim, he goes through the Pesach, he goes through the Makkas, and the smatterings of the Haggadah get thrown in here as well. So that's what we've been learning in previous years when we got gone through the Maral also. Last year we went through the Maral and Matzah that was also here from Gvur HaShem, a different part of Gvur HaShem. So the element the, can just, just, just set the record straight. In, in, in case we were aware that the the, 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 the Maral, rather, and that God is not really a Maral, which is true, same, we are learning authentic Torah from the Maharal over here on Gurus Hashem. So, that being said, let's get back to the Maharal on the Tzach Adash Ba'achav, on the 10 Makas. And Maharal specifically wants to tell us why Rabbi Yehuda made three groups of three, made these three triplets over here. And the Maharal has found many levels of significance so far. He showed us his first approach. We, was that it's an exercise in showing Paro step by step, increment by increment, that he really has no power or authority. All power and authority belongs to Reba Yisholotim in three different regions, below the ground, above the ground, and above the above the ground. And we build up in in terms of the, the warning. Also, the warning builds up in increments and in degrees in showing how little Paro is really in charge and how much Hashem and Hashem's agents being sent by Hashem are really the ones that are in charge. Okay, then the Maral's second approach, which we're um, in the middle of, which we began yesterday. The second approach, relate to the first approach, is showing pyro through these three sets of three Maccas, not just who's really in charge, that it's not you, pyro it's God, it's the Rebayan Shalom, it's Elokeho Ivrim, the God of the Jews, how much Hashem is in charge, and how how fallible you are, and how, how how you're so not in charge, and how Hashem is so in charge. Not only you're not in charge, you're not the authority, Hashem's authority. Look what Hashem's authority looks like. What what the Rebbeinu authority really looks like. And over here we were shown that again we're working with the three zones and the three regions below the ground, which is the tzach. Everything in the tzach, the first three makas dam is affecting a habitat which is subterranean. That's where the water is, the ground, the dirt. Okay, that's dam tzvar The second. Set of three, Adash, Aurvedev, Dever, and Shechin, is affecting man and animal habitats. It's above the ground. And the, the third, that's the Ba'achav, Borod, Arben Chayshik, is in the, the, the heavens, above the above the ground, the, the sky region, the sky habitat. So we're showing Paro that Hashem is so in charge, has, has a totality of authority in all three zones. That that um, and that's brought out by a set of three markers, and each of the three markers is showing uh, 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 is Showing us the extremes of each zone and the the synthesis of those extremes the balance point um, That's what the mayoral was doing. That's what we saw yesterday Dam um, and Tzfardea is the, is, is the two extremes of, of Esh and Mayim. Dam is the blood That's heat, that's Esh. Tzfardea is Mayim and Kinim is the balance point in the middle we saw also ar of Endeavor, two opposites. As was a explained that, yes, that again, is the Mamutza, is that bounce point in the middle. And Arba and Barad and Arba are two opposites in terms of the sky region. Barad comes down, Arba goes up, and Chayshech is affecting the, 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 the sun and the, the moon and the stars, which go up and go down, go down and go up. So it's showing Paro just how much of an authority HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and just how much Hashem is ultimately in charge of everything that Hashem can wield control over the extremes, an extreme on one end, extreme on the other end, and that balance point in the middle will be able to synthesize both. That's very nice, okay, so that's, this is just basically bringing us up to speed. So we can see how Makas Bucharest fits into this. In terms of the second approach, so you know, we always have to see how the 10th and final macro is kind of all-encompassing and summarizes uh, and incorporates everything in, into it, into Makkah's Bechars. So after we have the, 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 the extremes and the balance, the extremes and the balance, the extremes and the balance, and all three habitats, so has does Makkah's fit in? So let's, let's see that now inside. We are on page Reish nun gimel which is, I think, the first page here in the photocopies, the right-hand column, which is the right-hand column of the first page of the photocopies and three lines from the bottom, at the period over there. Omnam. Omnam, says the Maral. Hamaka Asiris, the 10th Makkah, Tenth Makos, Makos bechayrus, which is Makos bechayrus, the plague that affects the firstborn. Oy medas bivnei atzma shkula neged kolamakos. The tenth Makos is going to be equal to all the Makos. It, it is all encompassing, all encompassing. How so? Mivnei shehi makol bechayrus shenikrayim reshus einam. Mak is a mak that was reserved for the firstborn, meted out to the firstborn of Mitzrayim, who are called "racious oinam, a bachar is called a racious. Racious oinam. The first of a person's first display of his strength, Racious. So it's the word racious that we're going to focus in on, and over here a is called a reishis, the beginning, the beginning of someone's, excuse me, progeny, the beginning of a person's descendants, the beginning of a person's family the family, descendants, progeny, begin with the Bechor, with the firstborn. And says the Maral, if a Bechor is identified as a racious, understandably so, the Makah of Bechoris is a Makah on the racious, the Reishis of Mitzrayim. And what's the significance of the Reishis, calling something the beginning? Shekol Devar Shokol neged Hakol. The beginning of the matter is always tantamount to the entire matter lamalo, because it's the beginning of everything, as we've explained earlier. Now, earlier he means way earlier, much earlier in the sefer, where uh, he talks about um, this, the when, he going, when he's going through the psukim the pesukim of um, bechiris makas bechiris, and how the the. Um, affecting and afflicting the firstborn of, of the Egyptians, parallels the fact that we're Hashem's firstborn, so to speak, b'veni b'chayru Yisrael. So Maral saying a very, a, a, a very fascinating idea over here. And he's telling us that how does Makas b'chayruz fit into the, this new system of, of categorizing the Makas, of three and three and three, of showing Hashem's authority everywhere. So Makas b'chayruz is the super Mako, the granddaddy of all the makas over here, the koilo, the all-encompassing maka, why? Because we take down the ratios, the beginning, the the, the origin, and the beginning of something really encompasses and contains everything. The beginning of something contains everything. Um, What does that mean, the beginning of something contains everything? It means that... um, The way things work, the way things work when things are being done properly and even unfortunately improperly is um, you have an endeavor, you have an enterprise, you have a, a, a mission, an undertaking and you have the matter at its inception when you begin it. And then there's another stage of maintaining it, continuing it, the inception, the kickoff, and the continuation, and and everything has these two stages: the the haschala, the beginning, and the hamshacha, the continuation. <clears throat> um, the Ramchal speaking. I'm not sorry. The Ma'aral, the maral speaking biologically over here. He's speaking, genealogically, a child being born and being produced, and then continuing his life, a family being started, and then continuing and growing. But it's like this, you know, not just biologically and genealogically. It's like this with everything in life. You have something when it, you have to kick off the beginning and then the continuation. And, and everything has these two stages. And we, we understand intuitively something that everything has two stages. There's, you know, the beginning of this man and then the rest of this man. There's the beginning of a yeshiva, and then when the yeshiva continues, the beginning of, of, of a shul, and when the shul continues, the beginning of, of any any enterprise, any endeavor, and then that endeavor and enterprise moving forward. The beginning of Klal and the continuation of Klal The beginning of the world and and the continuation of the world. The is telling us that. <clears throat> The continuation is always going to be dependent on how it begins, and and maintaining something forward is always going to be very much contingent on how the kickoff looked, on, on how it was 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 put into motion, because ultimately the continuation is really just a expansion, an expansion of of the beginning, and when something is begun correctly, begun the right way on the right foot with the right intentions and with, with the right preparations, then it will continue correctly because the continuation is really just expanding on, on the source matter that was there in the beginning. When something has begun the wrong way, it's either doomed to failure or it's playing catch up forever, trying to continuously patch it up and support it and prop it up and come with crutches because in its, anything's natural sense, the continuation Maral is sharing with us and showing us is always really, in its natural sense, an expansion on whatever was there in the beginning. That's why Klai has to begin with Avram, Mitzel, and Yaakov. Klai can only begin when we have Avram, Mitzel, and Yaakov. Klai Yisrael is a continuation of Avram, Mithilk, and Yaakov. It's an expansion on Avram, Mithilk, and Yaakov. That's really the idea also of Misa, Ovis Simon and the Rishonim tell us. That what happens to the Abbas is a simon, is an indicator to what's going to happen to the Labanum. Not so much, it's not like a prophetic kind of thing. It's not... Um, a Segula, it's not like, um, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> foreshadowing, you know, uh, these are our ancestors, so we're doomed to repeat what they did, or we are destined to repeat what they did, no, my, we repeat what they did because we're an expansion of them, we're, we're just a, 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 um, a greater application and expansion on, on the ovis themselves. We're a continuation of the ovis. So whatever happened in the beginning, that is what's maintaining itself, continuing itself. That's why the beginning of something is so critical. When something is, is, is um, in its inception stages and conception stages, that is a, the, the, the most volatile, delicate, critical part of anything because the continuation is really expanding on what was there in the beginning. That's why... You know, a woman has to be so careful uh, in terms of what she um, eats and puts into her her, her system when she's pregnant, and we know spiritually also, the Svaram tell us, a woman, when she's expecting, has to be careful what she looks at, what she listens to, what what she thinks about. It's just a spiritual paralleling the physical, you know. It um, goes with that saying, as everyone knows. A woman who takes uh, substances into her body um, when she's expecting alcohol, nicotine, drugs, and things like that that don't affect an adult body so drastically can have serious, serious major effects on a developing fetus because it's the same exact idea. Um, It's not even so much that the fetus is more delicate and volatile, which it is, but it's the VART that. The expansion of something, the, the continuation of something, is always just building on whatever was there in the beginning. So you figure out what was there in the beginning, and the continuation, the maintenance, is just an expansion on whatever was there in the beginning. There's, so that's the rachis and the, and the not the rachis and the achris, but the rachis and and, and and the, and the hamshacha, the haschol and the hamshacha. The matter at its inception and a matter in its continuation. Um, <clears throat> The continuation, in its natural sense, is only going to be an expansion and a development of what was there in the beginning. And if, if the things were lacking in the beginning, you're always behind the eight ball. You're forever trying to catch up, and it's very inefficient. And and it requires a lot of artificial props and, and crutches and and uh, supports. That's always it's always going to be like that. Um, so getting back to makas bechiris, we affect. Um, this makkah on, on the b'chayrus, on the firstborns. And the, the, the final makkah is reserved to take down all the b'chayrus of Mitzrayim. A b'chor is a racist, is also a reishus. And what is, a, what is the significance of calling a b'chor reishus? the firstborn is a reishus, the beginning in terms of beginning my family, beginning myself as a parent, beginning my mission as a progenitor. I'm bringing a vision into this world that uh, comes through my children. And the b'chor summarizes my, that, 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 what, what, what that vision is, what, what I want to bring out into this world, what I want to perpetuate, what, how I want to change this world, what I want to bring out into this world. That, it shows in bichar, that shows up in my b'chor. That shows up in my ratios So it's the beginning of my, my, my um, interests and drive in, in making a difference in the world of Rami That's what, that's what um, my b'chor is. That's that's the beginning of my family and the beginning of me uh, uh, having an effect on on the world. So Mitzrayim um, has to be affected and afflicted in their b'chayrus, in their firstborn. And that's the the makka that we reserve for the end, because Mitzrayim has a problem at the, at the very core of this this issue. The, the whole um, let me say the avkedol, the whole drive, the whole movement of Mitzrayim, the whole um, the whole uh, uh, objective and motivation of Mitzrayim is to change the world in a way that goes against. The, the will of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to change the world in a way that's that's opposed and antithetical to what Hashem wants in this world, and that's what Mitzrayim stands for. So we have to mita Kenegamita attack them at their very ratios and say your 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 racist is off, your motives are off, your objectives are off, and and um, your, your entire drive is off at, at, from the get go. And so memela everything that shows up in Mitzrayim is off because the very the starting point of Mitzrayim is off. Your 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 uh, drives, and your objectives. So that's why we attack the B'chayrus, and 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 um, that's why it's specifically the B'chayrus and, and no one else, because that is where we find the ratios of Mitzrayim. And, and so, in the ratios of Mitzrayim, we're doing two things at the same time. We're showing Mitzrayim that their very the core motivations are off, and it's a way of challenging and taking down Mitzrayim in their entirety at that core, at that core. Your Bechayrus represent your core um, movement, the movement of Mitzrayim, the movement of Egypt, what it's all about, what you want to do with your, you know, with, 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 with your nationhood, what you want to do, paro, with, um, you know, your leadership over here, that shows up in the Bechayrus, and... Therefore, attacking the Becherus is showing Mitzrayim that at the very core, their their whole approach to what they want with life, with their country, with their leadership is off. And that's a way of taking down the entirety of Mitzrayim. So that's why Makkah's Becherus is therefore an all-encompassing kind of makkah over here. We're attacking the ratios and everything is contained in the ratios Everything shows up in the ratios And we have, in effect, three sets of makkahs. And the tenth makkah that uh, uh, incorporates and encompasses everything. Okay, so that's Maccas Um the, the, ramchal, the Maral goes on, We're three lines down now, on the left-hand column. Um, tovin seder ha-makas. so the maral summarizes this approach, so we can put everything together now. Tzvardei Akinim, Arav then B'chayrus. What about the warnings? So in his second approach, he has to explain why we have, again, in, in, in the first nine Maccas, we have three sets of three. We have a1, A2, A3, B1, B2, B3, C1, C2, C3. And as he pointed out earlier, the first two of every triplet are with a warning and the third one doesn't have a warning. The first two have a warning, the third one doesn't have a warning, and the third and from the three, third set also, again, first two come with a warning, the third comes without any warning. So in his second approach, he has to explain that as well. His first time around, he told us what's the shot and... Warning, warning, no warning, 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 no warning. The idea was building up and challenging Power's authority, replacing Powers' authority with Hashem's authority. That was the first approach. The first warning was done more on Power's terms outside of his palace. The second warning was in his palace, challenging and brazenly in his palace. Third was without any warning, we could are completely dismissive of power That was very nice. And the first approach, again, the first approach was how the Makas are gradually replacing Power's authority with the guys' authority. And in the second approach, it's about showing paro how much authority Hashem really has. You, you are so mistaken. You are so, you're making such a, you know, such an egregious mistake over here in under, egregiously underestimating Hashem. And this paro, look, Hashem is uh, all-powerful over the extremes and the balance points of the lower re- regions, the extremes and the, and, and the balance points of the middle region, and the extremes and the balance points of the upper regions. So how does the, this pattern of Hasra fit into that? That's what the Myral has to explain now. No Hasra, Hasra, hasro, no hasro. How does that fit into this second approach. So it says, quite beautifully and elegantly, look look what he says. The first two makas of every triplet come with warning. The third one does, comes without a warning. The reason for that is, the first two, the first two makas um, in every set are and can't be thought of as a unique, a unique and dedicated makkah. shahare. What does that mean? Dam yesh in ish. Remember, the first two of every set of three represents an extreme. So dam, which is which is what you know heats the body. Dam is where the nefesh is. Dam is, is the life source and the heat source. Dam, as we said, represents h. Dam is always h. and inin mayim. Frogs, which are amphibious, which swarm and come out of the Nile, come out of the water. That's mayim. So those are the two extremes in the first set of makas, as we saw yesterday, h and mayim. So, you need a hasra for H. Hashem is going to come with the power of this extreme. And a hasra for Mayim. Power Hashem is going to come across, uh, against you with the power of Mayim. Each of those got a hasra. Each one is its is, is own identity and is unique and, and separate and, and, and as far removed as possible from the other one. With each extreme, we need a new hasra, and so the hasra says the maral is is um, there to serve what purpose? To serve a purpose of giving power, not just a heads up, but giving power and understanding. Okay, so so let's just wrap our heads around this. The, the Hasra, and the, 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 what was the function of the Hasra, and everything that Maral is saying is is all, You're not giving us, you know, different approaches like take your pick. All approaches over here jive with one another. There's levels of understanding behind the Makkas and levels of understanding behind the Hasra now, and all the, these levels are emas. They were all from the Mechuvan, from the purpose and the objective in the Makkas and the Hasra all at the same time. But he's saying now that what was the Hasra coming to do? So the first time around, the Hasra is coming to establish God as an authority, Lumas Hashem, uh, Lumas Paro's authority. The Hasra is Paro. You know, mainstu, You think you believe that you're in charge? That you're in charge down here? You're in charge up here? Or you're in charge in, in the in the upper regions? No, you're not in charge. The Rebbeinu Sholayim is in charge. That's what the Hasra is coming to do. The first, in the first, the first um, approach, and. Hasra would there then be like Hasra more of a conventional Hasra? Hasra is there to, to just to establish who's in charge. Like Bezin gives Hasra. Bezin can't punish unless they give Hasra. So that's that's a rule, right? That's the uh, the Miranda right, so to speak, of of, uh, of the you know the Talmudic Miranda rights. We are not allowed to punish you. We can't give you capital punishments, corporal punishments, unless we warn you first. What's the reason behind that? Why do we have to give you Hasra first? So there's two reasons. One is to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. We're not allowed to punish you unless you understood the consequences, okay. But the Gemara cells as well, in addition to that, you know, there's so there's a whole discussion, do you have to give Hasra to a See a about to light a cigarette on Shabbos you have to give, you have to give a, time. you know, he definitely knows the Mlach of, of, of uh, Havara. So there's a Mahalikah in the Gemara, but there's an opinion in the Gemara that, that everyone needs a Hasra, even a Chavar, even, even something, even someone who knows Halacha needs Hasra. And the reason why everyone would need Hasra, even if you know the Halachas, is because it's part, it's already the beginning of the punitive process of Bezdin. That Bezdin, to punish you needs to, from the get-go, establish themselves as being in charge. They have to establish themselves as being in control. They have to establish themselves as an authority. So it's already part of the punitive process for Bezdin to establish themselves as an authority even before you do it. So that's the Hasra, like we will punish you, we will kill you, and if we informed you as such, we're already establishing ourselves as that Bezdin that's that's, that's, um, empowered. To, to enforce things. So that's the first, in, 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 the, in the Maral's first approach, the purpose of the Hasra is to let Paro see, you're not in charge, the Rebunit Shalalim is in charge. What about in the second approach that we're doing now? The Hasra is not there to show Paro that he's in charge. It's to show Paro how much Hashem is in charge. Nothing about Hashem now versus Paro, but for Paro just to be blown away Blown away by the sheer scope of how much Hashem is in charge. Hashem is in charge of, of ancient mind, two extremes, and, 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 and the synthesis of those extremes. Hashem is in charge of this extreme and that extreme, as we saw in Adash. Hashem is in charge of all the celestial bodies, gravity and going against gravity, and everything in between. That's the, what the Astra is doing the second time around. So, very interesting take. It's a subtle but very significant difference. The Astra is now in the second approach, there to show, to, to, um, to give Paro Clarity. It's to give Paro, let's say that even better. The Hasra, warning Paro in between, in, 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 before, as, in, in before, as a preface, in advance. Warning Paro in advance of each Makkah in the, in the Maral's second approach is to give Paro a clique, kibble, is to give Paro a, a, a um, framework within which he can appreciate how much Hashem is in charge. We know, so you know, in life, very often, things like pass us by. Things, you know, events occur around us all the time. And if we don't have the right glasses on, we don't have the right lenses to appreciate something, we can miss out on 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 lessons. You know, the Rebbe Victor Miller. This is he was famous for this. Rebbe Victor Miller would take someone and show them how you can learn neflois haboyre from how how. Um, how flowers grow, how fruits develop, uh, bananas and banana peels, potatoes and potato peels, and how the seasons work. So someone opens your eyes and, 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 and like Rabbi Victor Miller gives you a speech about how watermelon seeds work and suddenly you see a whole universe that was always there in front of you but you never grasped it because you weren't given the framework, the mascaris, to grasp it. Someone gives you a nice, inspiring group of Victor Miller speech that, that opens your eyes to grasp, process, and just to give you a framework to process information differently. And when you hear it, something like this, so and now you can see it everywhere. So the Hasra. The second, in the in the Maram, Maram second approach could really be thought of that it's us opening Paro's eyes for Pyro to to see what was to see what should have been obvious, but wasn't obvious. Hashem's mastery over all elements of every environment, so how Hashem's in, contr- in, in, in control and in charge of all the elements. So again, so the hasra, the warning. In, in the Maral second approach is not a warning as much as its awareness okay making power aware o, power open your eyes open your eyes to see what was what, 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 what um, can be gleaned from the universe in terms of who hashem really is so that's that being said so now we understand very beautifully Again, here's the, 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 how this clicks in elegantly, why in every triplet only the first two come with a warning and the third doesn't. Warning, warning, and no warning three times in a row because being that the third mac is really just a synthesis of the first two, it's already in, contained in the first two. And that, now, power can figure that out on his own, right? The same way when Victor Miller tells you how watermelon seeds works so now you can apply that to, to so many other things. You can apply that to apple seeds. You can apply that to... Yeah, Melon speaks about what? Cucumber seeds. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Melon he, he speaks seeds. About, <laughs> he speak, at the extent he speaks about the uh, orange seeds and orange tips. Yeah. Orange seeds. That's right. So that's why Par doesn't need a Hasra for the third and the sixth and the ninth Makkah because it's included in the first two. We already opened Par's eyes. Par needs to see this extreme and that extreme. The synthesis is really just putting those two together. Okay, yeah, I, that part I can do on, our, on my own. And we do let Par do that on its own. So let's see that inside. Um... The third Mako, which is just synthesizing the first two, it's not something new so much as it's being able to balance the extremes. It's the third, and the sixth and the ninth is always coming to put together the first two, so we don't need a Hasro, we don't need awareness over there. So very interesting take, a very different take than what the Maral told us the first time around. The first time around, we don't give Pyro a Mako to the third, sixth, and ninth Mako because that's the ultimate blow to power's authority. Hashem is so in control and so in charge that we're going to punish you without even giving you a heads up. That was his first approach. And the second approach, Hasra's awareness, we don't need to give you the awareness of Hashem's authority on the synthesis because that's really contained in the first two. We already know that Hashem is in charge of Eish and Maim, which are opposites, and the synthesis in the middle. There's nothing new to give power awareness of. All of this is contained, says the Ma'aral. Everything that I said till so now is all there in Rabbi Huda, bringing it up in the Tzach Adash Ba'achav. All this analysis, all these points are all true in Emes, and they're all contained within this. And this is where we will stop for today. Mirza Hashem will continue tomorrow, and as the Ma'aral will continue and give us yet more levels of significance and meaning in the Tzach Adash Ba'achav. Thank you all for joining.